You're listening to the She Lift Project podcast, a show dedicated to helping women achieve higher levels of success in the workplace. No matter where you are in your career, we want to help you grow. Now here's your host, Cynthia Kirkpatrick, a CPA, CFP, and Senior Financial Advisor at Mineta Group. Welcome to another episode of the She Lift Project podcast. I'm Cynthia Kirkpatrick, and happy to have everybody with us today, whatever day you're listening, but this one's gonna be a great one. And I've already had so many people tell me how excited they are, and they can't wait to hear Tessa Greenspan talk today about your successes, your take on life, your personality. So I loved what you wrote about yourself. I'm gonna read it word for word. I thought, wow, this is an amazing person. So Tessa is a motivating, energetic force with deep faith, and I can already tell that our first time one-on-one. She strongly believes in leading with a loving, generous heart and knows that life is about being real, humble, and kind. She believes that you are never too old to dream. She leaves a trail of kindness through hard work, oh my gosh, and determination as she uses the power of giving of a giving heart to create. What most people probably know about her is her success with the farmer's market. So we'll get to that because first, thank you for joining us today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. The first thing we saw each other and you said, and maybe I need to get this on camera, but you said, you are so beautiful. And I thought, what? just again what a wonderful person to have on you are light you are love you are positive energy and it's just you ooze it you can't deny it so i'm so excited thank you well i'm excited to be here and the truth is you are beautiful oh and you always have to say it like it is i would like to encourage every person if you think something that's nice then say it i was just talking to somebody else today about maybe especially women too we keep things our opinions to ourselves, but we should need to let the positivity flow yes and the negativity ripples it's easy for people to to share the negativity it's harder to share the positive so your voice matters share that positivity yes we're not even like past the intro (laughs) and you're already giving great tips (laughs) you're amazing so bringing up the uh resurrecting the farmer's market sappington farmer's market i mean going from a million dollars in debt to taking it to 10 million in revenue before selling unbelievable it really is it's by the grace of god it really was <laughs> and many years by the grace of god yes. i have a feeling that it probably just wasn't the grace of god that your personality your engine your energy your intellect your attitude of a lot of the things i read and and i'm sure you'll come across today grace of god help but yes the other piece has to be there too true and while i we read your book while most people again know you for that amazing story and success and what you probably what you brought to the surrounding community yes it was a community store that was my goal is it for everybody that came felt welcome they saw their neighbors it was and we did lots of events i had events all the time so it was a community actually which I really loved. And probably a big reason for that success because anybody can come in and... That's true. You're absolutely right. People, and I would really urge anyone in business today is to 
have more customer service. It's it's a missing element in money. You know, you you can't even talk to a person sometimes. So it's really a good thing to customer service is one of the best, most important, no matter what your business is. The relationships, right? Yes. That deep connections, actual yes. caring versus yes. the transaction. Mm-hmm. Um, I think while we know the success and anybody would be in awe of that story, what makes it even more amazing is your whole backstory, what you overcame and, and learned along the way to have that success. I think everybody out there would be shocked and maybe if they haven't read your book yet and yes. <laughs> pulled back a little bit to say, oh my gosh, how did she do it? Do you want me to start at the beginning? I think, yeah, let's start at the beginning because it, it really, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of this started from your mom's experience. Exactly. I'm the person I am today because of my mother. And I wrote the book really to honor her. So that's really what, what was really important. But so my mother was from the back hills of Arkansas and uh, her mother died when she was five and there were two little kids underneath. And um, her father couldn't handle all of these kids. And so he married a woman who was, uh, had three kids. So now you've got 10 kids and two adults in this shack. Now I, I want to tell you about the shack. It had a hard dirt floor, no electricity, no running water, and an outhouse out back. There were only two bedrooms and one long room with a long table and benches for everybody to eat. So think about that just cooking the meals on this wood-burning stove, all, no refrigeration. I mean, it really was the back hills of Arkansas. So every year uh, when, and by the way, my her father made all the girls quit school when they were in the eighth grade because he said they were just going to raise children and cook and clean and they didn't need an education. So she had to quit school and work in the fields. When she was 14, um, every year though, they would go on this picnic when all the crops were in. And so they would go in this wagon. I mean, this was a long time ago. <laughs> I'm thinking about my parents' age and another yes. generation before then, mm-hmm. right? We're probably talking- A long time ago. <laughs> long time ago. <laughs> we'll leave it at that, a long time ago. <laughs> so they all got in the wagon and drove about an hour and then um, they went to this clearing. So all of the different people from different towns came to this one clearing and brought food and they cooked for days and everybody had a big picnic and caught up with all of their neighbors So they, that they saw once a year. This was when my mother was 14. She met this cute guy and he thought she was pretty and she was really flattered. And he said, would you like to go for a walk? So they walked for a long time and they walked by a woods. He pulled her in the woods and raped her. He told her if she told anyone, he would come and kill her family. So she was traumatized on top of it. She had no one to talk to and no one to turn to at all. When she was about five months along, her stepmother saw that she was pregnant. And they wanted her, and she wanted her to have an abortion by this old backcountry doctor. So she was five or six months along, and somebody wanting you to have an abortion, well, she refused. Now again, this is a person. By this time, she was 
nearly 15. She had no one to talk to, no one to turn to. There was just no one, but she refused. After nine months, I'm the product of that. I was born in that shack with a hard dirt floor, no electricity, no running water, and an outhouse out bad. They had found a man to marry her, and she um, married him. She had another little girl that was um, 15 months younger. And the problem was the man that she married uh, was an alcoholic. He would work, but he would go to a bar or whatever. I don't know what it was at that time of the, of the era, but <laughs> it was a long time ago. <laughs> a long time <laughs> Wherever they went. And so uh, she had no money for, for food, so she had to pick cotton, pulling this 50-pound sack of cotton, and her sisters watched, my sister and I. And she had this idea, and somebody put it in her, her head, I think, to do it. After um, my sister was about a year old, she wrote a letter to the draft, and she said, my husband needs to be drafted. He just drinks and takes all my money. <laughs> wow, that takes some... Uh, some Good spot. Yeah. Now, this could never be done in today's world. After a few months, he was drafted into the Army. And I think he could have possibly eventually found out. I don't know, but he was drafted. And so we moved to East St. Louis where all of our sisters, everybody left as soon as they could. I mean, that was a, a full house. The back rooms of Kentucky. Right. <laughs> so she moved to East St. Louis and she worked as a waitress. One of the things, there are several things that I think is really, really important and to, to, to explain how I got to where I was. One, my mother never felt sorry for herself. She sang gospel songs all the time and just never felt sorry. She always looked for the solution instead of what the problem was, which was really a, a great thing. When I was four and a half and my sister was th about three, um, we went to my grandparents in Arkansas. By this time, they lived in town, <laughs> in the big city. <laughs> and uh, the, this man, who I thought was my father, came in. Uh, he brought my sister a doll and a pearl necklace and picked her up. Nothing for me. He didn't even look at me. It was like I did not exist. I went around the corner, and an aunt was there, and she says, Honey, don't you worry, that's not your daddy anyway. Wow. How do you process this when you're four and a half? But it was that moment that shaped my life. One of the many things. I decided I was going to be so cute, so smart, so successful, so everything that no one could ever ignore me again. And actually, it served me well. You know, the things, and, and I'd like everyone to sort of think about, there is one or two times in your life that something is said or done that you're going to always be this way or you've watched a person or you're never going to be this way. So we always really make a choice. Many times when we're young, I decided that I was going to be so smart, so successful. And I became an overachiever. And that served me well. Although, um, you know, it probably would have been good if I didn't work so hard. <laughs> 
The thing of it is, though, I'm, I'm grateful for that because it, it is the thing that shaped me more than any other thing. And it really could have gone a different way. It could have. Uh, and, and I will tell you a little later about my sister because her, her choice was not the same thing as mine. What was that? that? Well, my sister grew up and it was poor me. Mine was, I'm going to find a way. Get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> it has certainly worked well for you, for it sure. It did. It did. Hers was, poor me, I didn't have this, I didn't have that. And um, she became an alcoholic and eventually a drug addict and died of an overdose, heroin addict. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's almost that scarcity versus abundance. Exactly. You know, they talk about new psychology, scarcity versus abundance yes. mindset. Yes. I've asked many psychiatrists, what makes one thrive and what makes one survive or succumb and nearly all of them is that resilience it's choices that we make and it's resilience to overcome anything that comes our way and i wonder is that is that internal inbred it or is. is it something that you can learn well, it's it's certainly i think my personal opinion is that it's a learned mm -hmm. it is a learned it's a decision that you make actually even if it's not i'm going to make this decision it's really a subconscious decision that you're going to make that you're going to either overcome or you're going to succumb or you're going to feel sorry for yourself or you're going to say get out of my way i'm coming <laughs> i like that overcome or succumb yes um, that's a great quick easy nugget to explain that and mm -hmm. so important mm -hmm. and so that shaped my life so when we got back to east st louis which again was nice at that time and my mother's sisters uh, all lived there she worked as a waitress, and um, so we were visiting. The next little clip is we were visiting my grandparents in Arkansas again, and it was the summertime. And uh, she was coming to get us, actually on a bus. She was taking a Greyhound bus to come and get us. Her um, co-worker said, you know, I'll take you. I'm going to go see my relatives anyway, so I will take you. And so he did. He had a car. They were going about 70 miles an hour, and I don't know if he fell asleep or what, but they hit a concrete abutment so big that it crushed the car. My mother was crushed from the waist down. They had to cut her out of the car. She was in the hospital for over a year. And after 12 months gangrene set in her left leg and the psychiatrist came in to prepare her that they're going to have to amputate her left leg she was 20 years old think about that she said do what you have to do i have to get out of here i have two little girls to raise <laughs> so now, resilience yes resilience I mean, who would even say that? I mean, most of the time, most people would feel sorry for themselves and, oh, what am I going to do? Well, she got out of the hospital. She had two kids, one leg, and no money. We were on welfare and lived in the Gompers in East St. Louis, Illinois. She didn't want to be on welfare. So she found a government program that taught people with disabilities a new profession. She went to school on a bus, on crutches for over a year, learning to be a secretary in an office. And we got off of welfare. So it's Determination. Yeah. Yes. 
So I saw this all during my life. I mean, it was really. If life had been easier. I, if life had been easier, I don't think I would have been where I am. Uh, I think, my personal opinion, is that many people have it too easy and they don't have to pay the consequences for any behaviors or any kind of thing. And it's really all in how we look at it. You know, you can see the sunshine or you can see the rain. And they may have it easy to them or they may decide to stay in easy and not... That many times, especially when there is too much money, most of the time uh, they're spoiled. Um, and But more than that, you can spoil a child. More than that, when parents take up and they do not have to pay for the consequences of their behavior, this to me is one of the worst things that you can ever do to a child. They're not, they don't have the wherewithal to overcome the different things that life can throw at you. And it can throw a lot of crap to you. <laughs> it sure can. And when you said earlier that resilience is learned, as a parent, you're taking that opportunity for them to learn resilience by you know, getting rid of or protecting them from the consequences. Yes, yes. Or taking it up for them when the child is really in the wrong. This mm -hmm. is really harmful to that child. You are not helping them to withstand the, the challenges that will come to them uh, in life. Yeah, that's life can be, there can be pain in life. There you know. always is. <laughs> I mean, you can't get through life without it. So it's really important to learn how to deal with it or be able to overcome it. And look at it with the right lens. Exactly. The right lens. And make that choice to overcome. Yes. And everything is filtered through our own personalities anyway. So it's really our decision. So she goes to the school becomes a secretary you get off of welfare yeah that's an amazing feat of you know again continuing to work hard to do that what next well she met a man who was in the service uh, my mother didn't have good choices in men um, and she married him and so there were two uh, he had two children his wife had left him or something and the grandmother uh, my mother had met uh, Mr. Trost is what I call him, his mother and two children. So uh, they got married and he was in the service and he, um, we went to Japan and lived there for a year, which was really interesting. There were four kids now <laughs> instead of two. And though so he was an alcoholic and it got worse while we were in Japan. So we came back and, and quite frankly, I have no, I can't figure out why, but she she worked, and he got so bad. I mean, he would drink all the time, and he would have DTs. I mean, it was really a bad scene. But she worked, and she took care of this man for I don't know how many years, 15 or 20 years. Why do you think she you said you, you don't think you know? I think she was an enabler. No, I know she was. She was an enabler. Um, and sometimes we'd stay in situations we know. We know that pain. Yes. For the unknown, the fear, and or having to say, having to think and say we failed at something. I don't know. I, I really yeah. don't know why. But she was an enabler. So she, um, I, a fixer probably is a, is a, she wanted to fix or 
encourage or help in some way. Right. And and it didn't get better. It was just, as you said, enabling. Yes, it got worse. Actually, he did nothing but drink and lay on the couch. And that was not a healthy for for my sister and I or for the stepbrother and sister. But we got through it, you know? Okay. <laughs> we got through it. <laughs> and you still have this attitude and personality today. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'll fast forward um, to I was I grew up, got married, and I had two children. And my husband and I had a small fruit stand called Bill Farmer's Market. It was a fruit stand, but it had other things in it, too. And we serviced a lot of peddlers also. We had a huge cooler in the back of the store. And so the peddlers would call in their order every day, and we would fill them. And and I worked at the store on and off. And my, my mother lived with us a lot of the time. She also worked. She worked at the girls' home and um, a lot of different places like that. So she would stay with us when she wasn't working. I wanted to help my mother and my sister, but I didn't want to take away from our family because that I didn't feel that was fair. So I was looking for something that I could do that I could bring in more money that I could help my mother and my sister. Getting back to these peddlers, they made a lot of money, a lot of money. They drove these trucks and they went to flea markets and drove down the street and had parking places. And so they did very well, very, very well, which was surprising. And so when I was looking for something to do, I said, I can do that. <laughs> I have a feeling that's a theme in your life. Yes. I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> that's true. It is. I, I didn't think about it as a theme, but you're absolutely right. I bought a big, big red truck, and there was a little problem. I couldn't drive a stick shift. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I learned to drive. I rented a, a gravel lot a four, at a four-way stop at 111 and 162 in Pontoon Beach, Illinois. I had an A-frame built a big A-frame. I sprayed it black, and then I wrote the specials every day with white shoe polish. That was creative, too. <laughs> I was in business. So every day, and by the way, I want to tell you, more men, women were, at those times, women were not driving big bread trucks, I can tell you. So here's this, you have to picture this, this blonde, really nice looking blonde, long hair, straw hat, cut off jeans. But anyway, more men would turn around and do a second look because it was just out of the ordinary. Do you think it helped your business? Um, I don't know. This was when we were driving. I don't know. I, I never thought of that. Possibly. I don't know. <laughs> I have to rethink some things. <laughs> Well, the other thing I was thinking when you were saying this was, what did your husband think, and was he supportive? Oh, my supportive? husband encouraged me. Actually, he we had another fruit place. I mean, yes, he encouraged me. He thought it was a great idea, and uh, yes. so And I bought the produce from our store, so <laughs> that was a win-win. That's, that's another one of my things is I believe that we should all have win-wins no matter what we do in life, that, mm -hmm. it, that it should be always. I... 
got picked up the produce every day and then I would go to my fruit stand. I worked seven days a week for um, until late October and then started up again in uh, late March. So seven days a week, all of that time and did this for five years. I had milk crates that I stacked up and then I had plywood that I would display the produce. And I did very well, very, very well. Actually, I made a lot of money at a time when, you know, very few women would make as much money as I did. They certainly couldn't do it when they worked in an office. What was it that made you so successful at that time? That's a good question. One, I, I have a good personality. You definitely <laughs> I do. I love people. I love people. And I remembered a lot of people also. So, and there's, a, I have to segue in a little bit on, on a man. There was a man that I sold tomatoes to all summer, and it was, uh, he owned a dog and suds. So he came. Well, my cousin got married in, in Belleville, Illinois, and at a country club, and I had this beautiful, long, salmon-colored dress on with my hair up. You would not know that I was the person <laughs> with the straw hat. <laughs> <laughs> so you're kind of a chameleon. You can, yes, you know. Uh, so to the man, I saw the man that I sold tomatoes to all summer. And I said, he said, I said, hi, how are you? He says, you know, I know I know you, but I don't know from where. I said, I sold you your tomatoes all summer. <laughs> was he just shocked? He was. He was. <laughs> he was shocked. But I did really, really well. And I had the kids in, in the neighborhood help with the 50-pound sacks of potatoes and different things. But... I worked from early in the morning till late at night, every not late, but until dark, every single day for, except those few months, for five years. And I made a lot of money. So it sounds like hard work. Yes. Building, really building true relationships, yes. remembering people, but also getting some help from the community and making it a community yes. deal versus that's just tessa selling things and we'll go see her every now and then yeah yes uh -huh. it was i mean i paid the, the kids you know they were 12 and 13 years old and they thought they were in heaven <laughs> with a dollar or two so yes it did help yes but it was really it was what i one of the places that i learned more about customer service i learned so much again i did this for five years i learned so much um, that helped me with my next chapter. And I'm sure, again, helping your mom and your sister yes. and the kids seeing you do all this was an amazing example for them. Probably so. Again, there were no women standing on the corner <laughs> peddling fruit. <laughs> so breaking through stereotypes or yes. uh, obstacles, challenges, you know, women can't do that kind of thing. Not only breaking through it, but doing really well at it yes that's true that's true so how did that what yeah. you learned from there take you to the next step did you close that up did you start something well, new? i one? eventually yes i eventually that was enough i mean five years is, is a long time to stand on the corner <laughs> so yes so we sold our store it was called bill farmer's market on st charles rock road and 
um, my husband went into the buying of produce. Uh, he was, actually he was an icon in the business. He was a phenomenal produce buyer. And I was looking for something to do. And so I approached a father and son that lived in Illinois and I asked if they would like to uh, partner with me. And they owned a chain of stores and they said, sure, they owned in Illinois. And uh, so our agreement was that they were gonna run it because they had more in the retail, more experience than I did. And I take responsibility for this and I tell everyone, I was not paying attention. I would like every single person to pay attention to your business. Don't let anybody do it. Watch, watch this. So they ran it and about um, three or four years later, they wanted a meeting. Now, I had seen them every once in a while and it was all glowy and I really didn't delve deep into it. And there again, is, is a, there's some lessons for, for people to know that is so important to your life. They handed me the keys and they said, we're declaring bankruptcy. It's all yours. Well, it was a three partner deal. And so two of the partners are the ones that, that declare bankruptcy. I was stunned. I was in, I was traumatized actually. It was really hard to believe. When I got into the bookstore, I saw that they'd siphoned a lot of money. And actually I found out later that they put it in overseas accounts, Israel actually. But I didn't know any of this. Well, I had some choices to make at that point in time. I could declare bankruptcy too. All of the vendors though, I knew, and my husband dealt with them also. So I was not going to declare bankruptcy. I was gonna give it my all or die trying. And it nearly killed me. <laughs> no, it didn't. It was really, um, no, it was a determination that I just said, I can do this. And it sounds like your love of relationships, again, your life maybe would have been easier to declare bankruptcy, walk away. It would have been, yes, it would have been. Yes, it would have been vendors. much easier. Although I, I really am thankful that, that I chose that path because I, I assured myself, and for any women who is watching, it's really important for us to know that we can do things. Many times when I took the store over, this old produce man said, she'll never make it. And I thought, you just watch me. <laughs> I overheard him say this. So this, again, was, was a time when a lot of women didn't own grocery stores at all. Well, what I find interesting is that these two men who had been successful, were, and you had been successful in your own right, were like, let us run it. We know more than you do. Yes, exactly. When in actuality, and yes, they were siphoning money, but you may have been better suited for all that anyway. That's possible. That's mm -hmm. possible. I never really thought about that, but it's quite possible. It was it was a ride, a, a really ride. People, I mean, I had so many phone calls, so much people cursing me out, all of these things. Um, and I'll get back to the to the uh, partners. It's really um, it was killing me trying to f figure out all of this out. 
One of the most important things that I feel that I did, because this was eating me up, you know, this was unfair, you know, how could I have let this done? I mean, so, so many things. Mm -hmm. And we all beat ourselves up many times. One of the most important things I think that I did was I forgave them. Now, I never saw them again in my entire life. It's so important to forgive, though. It's not forgetting it at all. It's Unforgiveness is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die because it doesn't hurt them. It hurts us. Uh, and so I, I let that go, and I put every, and I knew I needed every ounce of energy to go into the store to turn it around. And so I, I developed a wholesale end of the business that, uh, and had some trucks too that. Uh, <laughs> some more I didn't drive. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then the expenses were just going up and up, and I decided. Um, to open another store. And that's like starting all over again. So I opened another store three times the size because the, the expenses were getting so high in this little store that that it wasn't feasible for me to even, and there was no parking. That was another thing. Very few parking places. So I decided I opened another store. And I was going to do this different. One, I had a business plan that was one of the best ever. And so it was really, I did open the second store, I feel, much more like a business instead of being thrown into it or standing on the side of the road. <laughs> Pedaling pronouns. <laughs> but had you not had those experiences and been so successful with who you are at your core, I think you wouldn't have been able to be as smart about building this new store. That's true. That's true. That is the absolute truth. You get a star. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it is a Monday morning. It's still Monday morning, so that's good on a Monday morning. So um, worked night and day and really got into it and opened the second store, and I was going to do this totally different. I designed the store and put everything together. And one of the first things I did, I've always dreamt of having a toy train that goes around the entire store. It was a G-gauge train, which was um, the biggest toy train that you could get. There was a flat car. By the way, when I was building this, the people that were putting in the refrigeration, I had known them for years, they thought that was the craziest thing they have ever seen. They laughed. They thought that was just crazy. And so eventually they came back to me and said it wasn't. So anyway, I wanted this to be a community store, and I wanted everyone to enjoy their visit there. And I wanted it to be family-friendly, and because families buy more. And so the toy train that went around the entire store, and there was a flat car, and every day I would uh, print out a cardboard with the special of the day and put it on. So you had to go through every single department and follow this train around. <laughs> <laughs> Every whenever you came, if you had children with you, or older men really loved it. They they pretended not to. <laughs> but what I love about this is it's it's totally you. Yeah. So by and again, as I've gotten older, I've realized 
lean into yourself yes. trust yourself and let that yes. shine through yes and no matter what connect. anybody else says no mm-hmm. matter what anybody else says if you feel this is the right thing and, and it's something that you want to do then do it go for it well i never let that deter me though of, of them laughing at me i thought i'll get the last laugh on you <laughs> When you come into my store all the yes. time and are looking for it, and you buy a lot of stuff. Uh, but they eventually saw that it was really a, a really good thing. And so I was in business, and I decided to do a lot of things differently. I listened to the customer as far as what they wanted, which was really a good thing. And there's some things that I did that I, I would like every person, if you're in business especially, if you would um, think outside of the box, think of something that is totally different. One of the things I had was on a bench, I had this mannequin that was dressed up as a farmer. But I would put him over the things and dress him up in different things. And so we we had this farmer that was an Easter bunny and a Santa Claus and a a lot of different things. So I was having fun. But I, I have to tell you how I got this mannequin when I was building this store. I was in Chicago at a produce convention and a friend, a girlfriend and I were walking. And I saw this mannequin in the window. And I went in and I thought that would be really good on that bench. <laughs> so I bought this mannequin. Well, they didn't ship and it was too bulky to do this. This was a big mannequin. <laughs> so I was walking down Miracle Mile in Chicago. <laughs> they they <laughs> carrying this mannequin and they had put a, a black bag over the head. Well, I said, we have to stop a cab, and I need to, we need to get a cab so that I can take this. And so the, the cab driver was from another country, I don't know where, and so I asked him to open the trunk, and he said, is that a body that you just put in my trunk? <laughs> so he must have came from a war, war-torn country, I don't know, where people put bodies in the trunk. <laughs> I love it. I could just imagine, like, the Tessa who was driving that red truck. Mm -hmm. There's the Tessa with the blonde hair in Chicago walking down the street with this mannequin with a black. (laughs) (laughs) That paints a picture. Yes, it does, doesn't it? So he he really served his purpose, so I can tell you. I had so many outfits for him. So, I mean, but it was fun. I wanted to add fun because life is so serious in so many ways for so many people. So I wanted to add fun, and I did in so many ways. So we will go ahead. Some of the things that I did was really creative, and I didn't know any of these until after the fact. I just wanted to survive. So in our cheese department, I found that we could not compete with the chain stores. Now, by the way, if you have a chain store and a number of stores, you have a much better buying power than you would have if you have one store. Although they would come and look at my store all the time. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, when they have 10 or 12 stores, anyway. So um, the cheese department was not competitive, and I needed, I wanted to find a way that I could have cheese that was reasonable because it all came packaged. I found a cheese maker in Wisconsin, and so my produce manager, or my manager and store manager and I went to Wisconsin, and I made a deal with the cheese maker. 
that I would buy 3,000 pounds every month. And then I had girls, I had a room built that cut, wrap, and sliced this cheese. I had 200 different kinds of cheeses. And my cheese was two, three, four, five dollars a pound less than the chain stores. Wow. And you could do that because of how you set that deal how, up. Yes. Where... Yes. Mm -hmm. So it shows you, you know, being creative. And as I said, I did not know I was creative until after the fact. I thought, oh, well, that was pretty smart. <laughs> it was out of a need. It's sort of like finding a need and fill it. So I had these different things that I did. That department became very, very successful. The main products were produce. I mean, it. I had like a third of, of the store with produce, all different kinds from all over. The next thing is I saw that the 30,000 Bosnians had just come over from Germany. They had to leave Germany after seven years after their war. And I thought, I was talking to a woman that was a, a long-term customer, and she was from Bosnia, and, and said, did you know that there's that many? And so we were just talking. See, it helps to talk mm -hmm. and find out things. And um, I didn't know that, but I, I did find that out. Well, I decided that I was going, I wanted to find an importer that brought in Bosnia and Croatian food that if I could give them something that brought them from their homeland, then they would be much, they would feel welcomed anyway. So I brought a four-foot pallet of mixed, and then I advertised in their language newspaper. It was a little newspaper, but it was in their language. And then I had specials in there. And I found out that they loved cubanella peppers, which is sort of a long green sweet pepper, a light green, not a dark green. And so I found an importer or a person that brought it in in Chicago. And so I brought in Cubanella peppers. So it's really finding out. And this is really good for, for women. Find out what your customer wants and needs. And then you work at fulfilling that. It's so important. And it's something that's overlooked, I feel, quite a bit. That really grew. It really grew and grew until... Um, eventually, I had a 16-foot whole length of Bosnia, Croatia, Hungary, and Germany foods. And you're still in the same store at this point. The this one is the second store. Second yes. store. Yeah, the, the bigger yes. one. The bigger one. You, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And um, it worked out. Now, I also wanted uh, Cubanella peppers were, were really expensive, bringing it in from Chicago. So I had a farmer who grew things for me. And I told him and showed him the cubanella peppers and I said next year let raise these cubanella peppers for me and he did I sold it by the bushel um, and they loved it they absolutely loved it so it's finding a need and filling it and that wasn't an it wasn't particular a need that they needed it was something that they really liked and it really added to my business yeah it fills that that wants to again keep that connection to there and feel welcome. Yes, yes. And that somebody would bring it in. I was the first per person in St. Louis to bring in Cubanella peppers. I was the first person to do a lot of things. And again, I didn't know it. It was just finding a need and, and working at filling in. And continuing to build that community. Yes. I, everything you've done up to this point in yes. the stories is, they're a part of this community. How exactly. do I bring them in and welcome them? Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And this is really good. 
information for people who are in business. One of the other things that I, I really want to stress is that charity is good for business. It's good for your soul, but it's good for business. I had a wishing well built when I first built the store, and I decided that every uh, month I would choose a different nonprofit, and whatever monies was put into this wishing well, I would match it up to $400. And so, but there's really a method to this madness. I first would have the, uh, the executive director put in their newsletter that they could come into the store and put money and no purchase necessary. And then when we got the money, I had this huge check that I would write on uh, the amount and had a photo done with the executive director. They put that in their newsletter too. So. Actually, I got a tremendous amount of publicity from just doing that. Publicity that I couldn't have even bought with that amount of money. So this is, and I encourage every single person, do something, volunteer, do something with charity because it's so good and life gets by you so short. It's so good for you and for the organization and for your soul. It's really important. Find a way, whether it be cans or toys or, or volunteering or contributing, many things. But find something that you're passionate about. Don't do it just for business. You must find something that you're passionate about, whether it be animals or any other kind of thing, rather than just choosing a charity. That's, that's a really important thing. Life is too short. Yes. Do something you're passionate about. Plus, exactly. people will see right through it if it's not genuine. That's true. Mm-hmm. Very true. But what what a great way, just the charity plus the creativity to go along with it, that not only is your store benefited, but those charities are benefited oh, by these. Oh, many did. I yeah. mean, I did that for many, many years. And over the years, it, the amount that I had given away was about $50,000. But wow. over time, so, you know, if a person had $200, I would match it for 200 So, I mean, so over time. It adds up. It's those it little does. things along the way that adds up. Yes. Wow. So the so the Bosnian story and you, again, filling a need with that community, um, we shifted into the charity, building, again, another need with yes. that. It, it All of these stories seems like you're giving without the intention to get back but that's true but you, you got back. get back so much more and you can't give it with the thought of getting that does not work great Just little tidbits all over the place so where do we go from here then you're building this store it's getting you've got all these other you know big stores coming in to look at your store people betting against you saying yes. she'll never make it that's true that's very true well, where I went is um, it was a million dollars in debt. I built it to $10 million in sales, and then I sold it to a group of farmers. And I must say, they changed everything. It took every evidence out and did totally different, and they went bankrupt in like three years. And why They do killed you my baby. <laughs> why do you think that is? Did they because take they the personality Because they changed everything. Out? They brought in all organic instead of... You know, it wasn't built on all organic. You know, you you have to sort of segue into that because it was a, it was a time. By the way, I was the first person in the early 2000s to bring in organic foods into St. Louis, uh, into the store. 
and they, uh, not many people bought it because they thought it was too expensive. Well, I found a need. I found a lot of, of um, church um, women events and other events that I would talk to on the benefits of organic food. And I've been eating organic foods, by the way, um, since that time too, because I learned there again, it's learning. If you don't know something, then you find out. But I found out, and then I started teaching on it to many, many groups, to school groups, to anybody that would listen to me. I would tell them about organic foods. Well, there's a lot of people listening to you or wanting to listen to you because that's all I keep hearing. You're going to get to talk to Tessa. I can't believe it. Oh, that's so sweet. That's so sweet. Well, I feel, you know, my goal in life is to live full out and healthy and touch as many people as I possibly can in a positive way. And if I am not living at peak potential, I speak on how to live at peak potential all of your life. If I don't do what I say, how can I possibly teach? So I have not eaten sugar in 30 years. I have not eaten any any kind of cheese or butter or any of these. I do eat fish. Uh, I On occasion, I'll eat meat. But I only eat non-GMO on all of it. And so I feel that I am an example of what's possible. I mean, it's not just the eating, but there are other things that go into living at peak potential. It's really, though, and I want to mention that particular thing for you, that this is, you know, this is really important to have a trusted financial person who helps you starting when you're younger, not waiting until you're older, because it's so important. And you are so good at being so good to your clients and whoever you choose, but you might want to choose her. Whoever you choose. <laughs> that was an unpaid solicitation. <laughs> it was unpaid. <laughs> I got some water. <laughs> You did get to. <laughs> but I think it is finding that right person. Who, it really is. Right personality. I could not. By the way, I love my life. I absolutely love my life. And I'm so grateful. And that I can still eat organic foods and can afford it. So this is really, it's so important to start younger and plan for that and have a trusted advisor who really has your interests at heart. You know, I have had for, for many years in... I couldn't live full out the way I have. You know, I, when my husband died, my daughter and I took six different cruises all over the world. So I could not have done that if I hadn't planned for all of this for many years. And everyone's life and world and situation is different, but that's true. The thing that can transcend, you know, religion, uh, gender, whatever, country of origin is time and starting early and it, it really it, is I, I mean i would advise every single person to start early you know 20s but 30s especially and, and plan for this because believe it or not time does get by pretty quick i, I can tell you <laughs> well and and you know every little bit counts and and i think every part of your life right so that yes. in that moment choosing to eat healthy in that moment choosing to go exercise in that moment saving fifty dollars that day That's whatever exactly it might be right. all the little Absolutely. things add up yes yeah. yes and life goes by and if you have not planned for it then you are cooked it's too late to plan. It's too late. It's 20, too 30 late. years ago. So really, and and for your older years, I'm not concluding that. 
No, you're more vibrant than sometimes I feel on a daily basis. So it's really important, though, to start. Start, you know, it's not what you give up, especially the sugar part. Sugar feeds on cancer or cancer, one or the other. I don't know which way it goes, but uh, it's really important to stop sugar, at least sort of uh, cut down and, and all, because it really is that is there's so many studies. It's not because I'm saying it. There's so many studies that show that it is very unhealthy. I have not eaten sugar in 30 years. I bow down to you. That's amazing. Well, and it's a choice. Everything is a choice. And I decided uh, that I wasn't going to have sugar anymore. And um, there's so many substitutes. I was going to say, and that's probably potentially related to a lot of the substitutes, too, that have since been found to not be super healthy. It's so true. And and don't eat all of this manufactured food. (laughs) Well, you talked about the peak potential and peak performance. And I don't know if this is related, but before we get started today, you also talked about four pillars of your life. Yes. Can you four spe- pillars of health, of actually, health. At living at peak potential all your uh, life. Yeah. Can you share more of them? Of course, I you talked about having to. a great advisor, <laughs> finding your uh, right fit. But what are, and, and it sounds like health and eating, what are these? Yes, yes. It's really what, what you put in your mind first. And I have a process that I do every day, work on my mind and reading and all. It's really important and this is going to piss a lot of people off, (laughs) is that you turn off that TV. You know, if you have to, one hour a day is enough. Put your phone down when you're having dinner with your family or any other. Don't be distracted by this. I do a lot of processes in the morning, and I don't look at my phone until after I'm done and do exercises. And the truth of the matter is you are just off the off the game if you look at your phone. I mean, because then you get sucked into all of this. And so nothing, anything can wait for an hour. And it's really important to start treating and have a process that you do in the morning. Meditation is really a big, big thing. So I have a guided and a non-guided um, meditations and many other things. But turn off the TV, what you put in your mind. I am very, very protective of my mind. I say, I have this bubble around me and this negative stuff cannot get through it. So, and I speak on this. And so there are processes. And by the way, for your audience, I am putting on my website, which is tessagreenspan.com, a handout that that I speak on being, uh, being positive in a negative world. I have some processes that you can do if you want to change into more positive. So anyway, you can go to my website and there will be there will be uh, handouts that you can get for for this to change your mind. That's amazing. I mean, I my son is almost 17, so I'm going to guess 12, 14 years ago my husband came to me and said, we're just going to not watch news anymore. We're going to get rid of cable TV. Good. And I don't I, have it thought he was crazy. I mean, he is kind of crazy, but crazy good. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was crazy, but it might be one of the best things that we've ever done in Absolutely. our lives. Absolutely. It is the best thing because we get hooked and then sucked in to all of this. And then time goes by and look what you've lost. You've lost spending time with your family. You've lost time talking to your friend and you can watch a movie if you want, but you can get a movie uh, on your through Netflix, through something yeah, else. Netflix, you, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, the, a lot of times the news, it doesn't even impact your day-to-day. Well, this is the thing about the news. 
when you go over and over this negative, over and over, and that's what the news, this one will say it and that one will say it, maybe in a different way. But when you go over and over, you are, are programming your mind. Good for you that you stop that. I don't, I don't have a cable at all. So, and I haven't for years. My husband watched it all the time, but he has his room where he can go watch it. <laughs> well, we talked about Monica Adams, that we both yes. know her. Actually, she was yes. another person who recommended mm -hmm. that I speak with you. And that's one of the reasons why she moved on to what she's doing today is because that constant negativity that for the most part isn't impacting our daily lives, but yet we're, it's seeping into yes. our minds and our souls. Yes. She wanted to start something new with positive stories. And I and love it, what she's doing. I mean, she mm -hmm. is really a gift to the world. Right. Mm -hmm. so, so, yeah, great uh, part of your peak potential is really well, paying attention. First. Yes, and, and, and read. You know, I am an avid reader, and that's how I've learned a lot in life. I also love anything about the brain, the mind, what makes us tick. And I really only read self-help or self-development kinds of things uh, because I am very protective of what goes in my mind. If I want to be happy, if I want to live full out, then what goes in my mind, you know, I could get sidetracked and, and be negative, but I'm not going to. Well, and like everything in life, I think one, humans are trained to be negative and protect from the negative that's out there. Uh, you know, and that goes back to the old caveman days long before your mom in those times <laughs> but everything is practice right so even yes. the mental space is practice to shut off the negative and focus on the positive you're not going to be perfect every day and every moment but it's that keep building working those habits on, yes working on it. it's really so important the next is exercise if you don't exercise then then you're going to um, get stiff and fat and old and ugly <laughs> Speaking of stiff, I've been in this chair for a while, but no, yeah, it, it, it uh, the physical, I mean, if you are only working on your brain at some point, the body may give out or it's that kind of, how does the whole puzzle work together? That's true. The next is supplements. I really believe in different supplements and, and if we, we're going to live at peak potential, it's really what we put in our body, in our mind, and then taking the supplements that because we can't eat enough to get all the vitamins and minerals. And please, if you can, eat organic foods. If, if I told you, I mean, I could do a whole talk on uh, organic versus others. It's really, it will be so healthy for you. And, the, and the, the other is financial. If we don't have the financial wherewithal, how are we going to afford the, the organic foods and the supplements and all of the things that we want to do or travel? or So all of these things together and finding a great financial planner that will help you through this process and start young, no matter what, start young. And if you fall off the train for a little bit, don't let it sidetrack right. you That's forever. That's right. And it's not what you're giving up. It's what you're getting. You start visualizing that you can run and jump when you're 80 years old or, or 90 years old. But you have your body under control. And, and weight, too, is another, you know, the more weight that you put on, the more likely you're going to have bad knees and a lot of other things. So, they're, you know, eating the organic could really benefit you, benefit you. 
And I think it's, you know, finding what works for you. Some people like to go to the gym and lift weights. Some people like to run. Some people like to bike, swim. That's true. Find what, walk. It, uh -huh. what you're passionate about. That's right. And don't make it as a drudgery. It's what you get to do, not what you have to do. So if you go to the gym or wherever and say, I have to do this, well, stop it. Because it's what you get to do. I get to do this. I get to be healthy for all of my life. Right, and you, you, you know, as some things I've picked up along the way, there's plenty of people out there somewhere else who would just die to be able to go to the gym. Exactly. They would give up. They would trade you in a heartbeat in a second. And I think what I've learned uh, a couple years ago, three and a half years ago, I started running every morning, and now it's just a thing. Yeah. I just do it. Well, and you have to do it. Sort of, it gets into the point. Yes. Where you feel guilty all day if you haven't done it. Well, my family knows. I think there was one morning where it was really storming within the last month or two. And my husband's like, you can't go out there now. And he was right. It was thundering. You have this on record. I said my husband was right. I, I get a gold star for that, too. Uh, he'll, he'll hold that uh, one up for a while. But he was right. You know, don't go run in this. And I remember thinking all day long, because I always run first thing all day long. It was just, it kind of weighed me down just from it the does. years of yes. practice of doing yes. it mm -hmm. yeah so it even becomes the you know you've rewired your brain to do that mm -hmm. and what i I'll, i've said on other podcasts and anybody who listens to me is by sharing that goal with friends and family they now are along that journey with me i'll, I'll go out and see friends i haven't seen for a couple months oh what day are you on how many days in a row have you done you know uh what time are you going i didn't see you that morning on your run and the kids even we go to a game and they're warming up for their game they know okay mom you're gonna drop me off and go for your run they're on board with it that's too. great yeah. so that is being a role model and you don't think of it as, but that's being a role model. Your children will have seen you, and you are being an example, just as my mother was an example to me. It's you are being an example and not pushing it in their face at all, but you are, are doing the whole deal. And so that goes into their minds also. Yeah, I hope so. I think part of it started from needing to get away from them all. Oh, sorry. Well, it could be. Yeah. It was COVID. I would run away. When right? I had too much, I would go to California <laughs> and sit on the ocean for a day or two. There you go. Yeah, a little bit was running away, me time. I listen to audiobooks on mindset. I do too. Every, every run. I do too. I listen to those Speaking things. of that, I have to tell you a really cute story and because the law of attraction is one of my things as far as what you put in your mind. When I wrote the book, I wanted to get it done really quick and from out house to penthouse on Amazon. <laughs> we'll have that on the yes, website okay. and the link. I so keep promising. The, the with thing my of it is, though, I was going to a week-long matrix program, self-development, where Bob Proctor was teaching in Toronto. So I wanted to finish the book so that I could give him, see if he would write um, the forward. So on the cover of the book, and he had not seen this, I put forward by Bob Proctor. Now, I had not even been there yet, but I put forward by Bob Proctor. So this was my intention. So after I was there several days, I said, you know, I just wrote a book, and would you be open to reading it and writing the forward for it? He said, sure. So I'm so glad that happened because he's dead now, but the point of it is, I put it in my mind what I was going to do, and I even put it in writing. <laughs> now, I knew that if, if he didn't, then I could, I could change that. But the point of it, I think that's really a good story as far as 
we make things possible. And something I've learned along the ways, along the way, two things. One is kind of having a vision and putting exactly. it exactly a vision board. They'll yes. say putting down the things that you want to accomplish. Exactly. Write it. And it's so important to write it by hand, mm -hmm. not type it, because there's something it's been proven. And most things I say isn't because I made it up. <laughs> well, they sound good up there, but no, I'm sure. <laughs> so um, there is something to go from your hand to your brain that makes it more efficient and, and productive and possible. And then you can type it after you've written it. But um, it's really important to write that. It's really important to have. You know, I do this visualization every day, many times during the day. I have mantras that I say to myself, too. And when we're off, I'll tell you one of the mantras that, that I say that's, uh, that's really good. Well, and the, and I'm, you could share it on. Okay, if I will share it. <laughs> You're going to force me to, huh? But if you don't want to, no, we I'm don't have fine. to. I'm fine with sharing anything. You know, I'm an open book. <laughs> it's my mantra that I say, I surrender to the power and presence of the divine intelligence. This is one of them within me. I'm opening my heart and my mind, and then I say the different things. The other is, and by the way, when you say why, that goes to your subconscious mind to start looking for to do what you say. Why is everything always working out for me in divine order, good for all and harm to none? And I say this over and over. Why is everything always working out for me in divine order, good for all and harm to none? I say that all the time. And it's amazing the things that will come to you. Well, that goes along with the other thing I was going to mention that I learned is when you start speaking to yourself and, and building yourself up, the affirmations, and I still struggle with this because I'm you can't say it unless it's real but to say things like i'm already you know instead of i want to be this say i'm already this That's i have already exactly achieved right. don't this. say want or will don't say any of these words just say i am successful i am whatever it is do not say i mean i have some things there's a lot of things on words too um there's a whole book on on words and how they impact but don't say can't try um should, should, could. yes. Uh -huh. So any of these, just say, I am. I am so grateful that I am such and such. Uh, or you can say, why am I so grateful? And there again, you're helping your subconscious mind to start looking for this. I like the why question. Oh, it's really, I mean, I could tell you, Noah St. James wrote this, uh, and it's on, it's on Audible also. Noah St. James. Um, anyway, he has this whole thing on whys. And if you think about it, it really makes all the sense in the world. When we're training our subconscious mind, this is like a computer that is hardware that we're just putting stuff in. So why don't we do this so that our subconscious mind can give us the things that we want? Wow. Um, I, I, oh gosh. I, I'm so glad you shared, like I forced you to share. No, because you didn't, but I, I don't do anything unless I want to. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. But I thought I have to lean into this because I have a feeling this is going to be profound and impactful. And not That's only will, <laughs> I don't want to keep it to myself. I'll get to That's learn from true. it. I don't want to share it with everybody yeah, else. It's true. That's true. Yes. It was, I knew it was going to be good and positive and I didn't want to be selfish and keep it all to myself. I mean, we've covered so much. I'm looking through old notes because your story w has and was and is amazing it's the next chapter now again my my goal in life is to live full out healthy touch as many people as i possibly can in a positive way 
to live a life of significance and to leave a legacy of positivity. And writing the book was one of the things. Uh, it's called From Outhouse to Penthouse, and it's on your thing. It is going to be a movie now. Wow. Yes. yes. Congrats. The screenplay has been finished. And so my goal is to touch as many people in a positive way to, for you to know that you're worthy, that you are good enough. And it doesn't matter where you come from. It's where you decide that you're going to go. How did that come about? Did somebody bring this to well, you? Well, my they- daughter, my daughter actually is the one that said, "Here, you need to write a book." And I said, "Well, when I get old." <laughs> she says, "I think you should do it now." <laughs> hmm. We won't read into that. But if anything, you can always write another one. You can always well, you add know, more. I have, you know, I have several other things that that I can do. Though so I'm really. Uh, focus on this right now and and i again my goal is to touch as many people in a positive way as i possibly can to know that you're good enough that you're worthy and these are the things that i really want to share and you have to it has you have to work to have it come from the inside true um and not base it on anybody else's measures or expectations true it's so true Mm -hmm. And, and you don't let anybody say you can't if you do if you really want to do it. Or if you really want it done, then tell Tessa she can't, <laughs> and then she'll just do it for <laughs> How about that? If you know the right personality, tell them they can't, and they'll get it done. Hmm, what should I tell my husband he can't do so he'll uh, get it done for me? Oh, yeah. creating a I podcast. Mean, it really, yeah. <laughs> Although that was his idea, so mm-hmm. thanks to him for doing that. I mean, all of the the just the quips and the statements as far as and we didn't even touch upon gobs of accolades that you've had over the years one you which i think is so important back in 06 women woman grocer of the year yes you were that was one of the first ones that you mentioned yes that was it was a big deal because i was the only woman out of five thousand people um and they had women working for them, but very few women owned the supermarkets themselves. You were shown from an early time, you were one to be reckoned with. That was really surprising, to tell you the truth. Why do you think? Why? Well, I had one store at that time, and, and there were many people who had chains of stores. What set you apart, or what do you think helped you win Creative. that Creative. I'm good. <laughs> oh, you were. I mean... I'd want to go to that store. <laughs> Everybody did. And people still today tell me how much they miss it. I sold it in 08. They, they loved the store. And I'm really thankful. I had 80 employees. And, and my employees loved the store. Well, I'm sure. I mean, you made it fun. And you yes. made it about caring yes. for people in the community and bringing that uniqueness and, yes. and fun. And I had a profit-sharing plan, too. So I wanted them to feel... Uh, into it you know if there was something on the floor or whatever this is all yours too and the more money we can make the more you get so yeah giving back not just Mm -hmm. giving not to just get but giving to those relationships and communities that true mean Mm -hmm. so much to you that's been that thread throughout your life but a lot of the other ones women women business advocate of the year business person of the year 100 St. Louisans You Should Know, one of the top 25 most influential women, Diversity of the Year, Entrepreneurial Award, uh, E-Woman, Businesswoman of the Year, Person of the Year. I mean, 
I don't even need to. I'm sure everybody. No, you don't need to say all that. <laughs> <laughs> and humble, all the way. Well, it was it was a great ride to tell you the truth. It really was, and I'm so thankful and grateful that I was able to touch a lot of people's lives and do things. And I'm thankful because it it helped me to get out of my comfort zone. If I didn't have something or couldn't do it, I was going to find a way, or you know, have a mentor or do different things that made it so the the book is already out there oh the book yes the book is out there and the screenplay has been done now and um you know i can see it in my mind um that it's going to be really really good and it will be translated that's again my thought into many languages again because it has a powerful message here's the question who gets to play Tessa? You know, so many people have asked me that. Well, you have to be a lot of different people because there's a whole lifetime. But I don't know, the cutest blonde that you can get. <laughs> Spunky, good energy. Yes, Dolly Parton, probably. <laughs> you know, as you were telling your story earlier, I was thinking about Dolly Parton and her sort of story and, uh, you know, again, just faith. She's and vibrant and alive, which I really like. Mm hmm. Hmm. Have, have people ever seen the two of you in the same room no. at the same time? No, we don't look alike at all. <laughs> <laughs> True, but the but personality and positivity personality. <laughs> is is there, and it's it's a if you're a magnet, your personality is just magnetic that people are drawn to. So that's very similar. Thank you. Here we say that you're also a speaker, and you already mentioned that. So if people want to, you know soak in your knowledge get to know you more if you speak work with you more what does that look like and how do they find you a number of things one is again i have ways that i can touch a lot of people every single day on facebook and i have two different uh links i post at least three different positive messages that has helped so many people i've been doing it for 10 years every single day I find positive messages that I put. And so I don't know who um, needs it for that day. The thing of it is I feel blessed that I can have this opportunity. So if anybody wants to follow me, I, I have nearly 5,000 people, so I don't know if I have a lot more room for a lot of people. But if anybody wants to follow me, it's Tessa Greenspan, and love is in the banner. Okay. Yeah, it's um, that's one, and that's on Facebook, right? Yes, Facebook, and I'm on LinkedIn, and I don't do much. On, I don't do anything on Twitter or Instagram um, because time, right? But I've been saving these different positive messages. You can, if you think you can. I mean, so many from the persons that came before us that that have been really positive: Zig Ziglar and Bob Proctor, lots of other things, but a lot of different that that. It's just written, but every single day, every single day of my life, I do two or three of these positive messages. And by the way, I've been saving them for years. I have 90,000 positive messages on my phone. So I get to pick from whatever, and it's just whatever I feel could be helpful for this day. And I bet it, it's funny you say that. It makes me feel a little better about myself because a couple years ago, um, I never used to post much on Facebook, and, and somebody I thought I knew posted something about me that was incorrect and negative and I decided if probably with a little bit of encouragement from my family and those around me that if somebody's going to write my story it better be me that's right that's right and you just block them 
Right. Well, yeah, and and, and that's when I leaned into to sharing positive things. And I don't always get it every day, but I thought if I'm learning something or taking something in that's so positive, one, I'll like to look at this a year from now, but two, if I can just help one person. That's how I feel. If, if this really encourages one person today, that's really all. And I, I'm not tapped into it as far as um, who it's going to do, but it's really amazing the feedback that I've gotten that says, I need this today. And so that's rewarding. So there are little things that we can do that can make a major difference in people's lives. It could be as simple as what you said to me when I first saw you, like, you're so beautiful. It could be somebody's, a comment on what they're wearing, what they did, or (laughs) how they opened the door for somebody. That's true. It matters. That's true. And if anybody wants to go to my website, and I'm building a YouTube channel now, too. So, uh, putting the different um, things on it, but um, it's tessagreenspan.com. If anybody wants to email me, it's tessa at tessagreenspan.com. We're being redundant here. (laughs) (laughs) It makes it easy for the rest of us to find you. And just put in the subject line, um, you know, where you met me or, or you know, I'd like to talk to you or whatever. And if anybody has a book club or three or four people who read the book, and if you have questions, I will be glad to do a Zoom, and that way you can email me and answer any questions that you want. Wow, that's a really great offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might have to start a book club just for that. <laughs> Maybe it'll be like the She Lift book club, and then we yes. come back. We all my guests come together. Oh, and that's a good idea. Tessa comes, and we get to. Well, we can do it on Zoom, right? Mm-hmm. A- again, anything else? I I feel like we could sit here all day and get amazing tips from you. Well, I think people are going to get tired of hearing me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, never, never. I mean, I've learned so much. And I know I'm going to end up listening to this back a couple of times. So if I have, I don't know, probably won't have a bad day. But even if I have a bad day, the positive energy and... Well, if you have challenges, not bad, it's challenges. um, Why do I get the ability to listen to this podcast again? There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a quick learner sometimes. So I'll wrap it up and just say this has been amazing. And I have been looking forward to this for so long. Not only the people who recommended we meet, my husband speaking with you, and just your story and your energy. I might adopt him, by the way. He's really cute. (laughs) (laughs) He he is pretty cute. And for those who can't see him because you can't, he's in the back raising his hand. Um, He is pretty dang cute. I'll I'll try to keep him for a while. Um, Good. (laughs) Good. Don't let him go. Whatever you do. Somebody who supports his his wife so much and what we're trying to do together. That that says a lot for your husband. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So thank you from the bottom of my heart and oh, soul. I mean, you're going to make I me cry. It. I, I know. It's been it's been an amazing trip this last hour plus to fill my cup and my soul and my heart. So thank you so much. I really well, appreciate it. You are more than welcome. This concludes another episode of the She Lift Project podcast. To hear more episodes of the show, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And to learn more about our mission of helping women reach higher levels of success, visit sheliftproject.com and sign up to receive the latest news, ebooks, videos, and more.